Good day, my friends, and welcome to the Craig Shapiro Tennis Podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Diadora, the brand made legendary by Bjorn Borg, currently worn by world number 26, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, world number 28, Jan Leonard Struff, world number 43, Martina Trevisan. See them at diadora.com. Use my code APPROVED in all caps at hollibirdsports.com for 15% off of all Diadora performance tennis shoes. He was born and raised in Jaragua do Sul, Brazil. And in 2009, he reached the semifinals of the prestigious Orange Bowl and was the number one ranked junior in Brazil. He captained the UCLA tennis team for two years and reached a career high of 371 in the world before he stopped playing. He was Naomi Osaka's hitting partner and most recently as coach Marcos Giron. He is now a prolific tennis personality on YouTube with his platform, My Tennis HQ. But he has recently decided to give pro tennis another shot. Karue Sell is today's guest. What's your ranking? Right now? Yep. 907. 907? Yeah. So you are by far the lowest ranked player in the history of my show to come on the show. But I have to say... All name Hall of Fame, the greatest name of anyone we've ever had on this show. Carousel. Yeah, Carue in Portuguese. Say it. Carue. 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 Sell. In America, has become Carue. Carue. Yeah. It's not Which is fine. It's Carue. Carue. Sell. Yeah. Prazer, felicidade. Yeah, that's good. That's very good. and you're from the south of Brazil. You're from like where Giselle is from. Giselle is one state down. I'm from where Guga's from. Explain that. Guga Curtin. So Florinopolis, Santa Catarina is the state. Um, I'm near Florinopolis, which is like the, the capital. And you're from Santa, Contra- Santa, Santa Catarina. Santa Catarina. And, yeah. and, and Giselle's from which one? She's from uh, Porto Alegre. Porto which Alegre. Is, yeah, which is uh, Rio Grande do Sul, the state. Rio Grande do Sul. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, the gentleman you hear <laughs> just said it. He's 931 in the world. No, 907. 907. <laughs> the highest you ever got was... 371. 371, yes. From the south of Brazil, you've had a wild ride in tennis. Yeah. We're going to talk about it all. You're on the show because you are now a 30-year-old man mm-hmm. that's going back out on tour. Back out on tour, yes. After a five-year break. That's it, man. Carousel, here we go. <laughs> so listen, as you know, we don't normally do this. We're, we're filming this. We're, we're on court six. It's my at, court. Yeah, UCLA. We're going to talk about that, too. You yeah. were the number six player at UCLA. Yeah, I played six for a couple of years, four for a couple right, of gonna years. We're going to get into that, but we're, on, we're at your home court, the big alum here. Um, we just saw Billy Martin, the legendary coach, is uh, in, the, in the club. This is wild to be here right now. I love this. The last person we ever talked to here was Shelby Rogers, actually, was practicing oh, wow. here once. And I know that you have a relationship with her. We're going to talk about it all. As you know, we do a five-set format. The first set is the off the court report where do you live i live in the south bay i live in down in like torrance area right now but i've been in hermosa beach redonda beach all the like just south la you're a south bay guy south bay guy i'm not like south i wouldn't bay. live anywhere else south in la bay. south bay all day south bay yeah yeah i love it down there does the brazilian in you does that there's is there some uh is there some correlation to have those big Wide beaches. Are you <laughs> yeah. a beach guy? I'm a beach guy. Uh, I've recently got into mountains because my girlfriend skis, so I'm, I'm getting into you know the mammoth and all that stuff. But 
if I'm living, in, if I move to LA and I'm gonna live somewhere, I'm gonna live close to the beach. How, not, how, why how am many, I gonna how live many, how in West often, Hollywood? How often do you go to the beach? I probably like twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah. You put your feet in the sand twice. I put a week. my feet in the sand. I ride my skateboard down this, the 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 boardwalk, walks with the dogs. You know, just like your basic, you know, white guy in the South Bay activities. <laughs> <laughs> and where do you do your training? Do you go to Torrance? Do you play at uh, the, all the famous spots on, and down there? No? Uh, I do. We go to South Bay Tennis Center a good amount. I go to Carson a good amount, actually, to just like hit there with the guys. Um, obviously, Mark, Marcos, sometimes we're at the Redonda High School there because they have like open courts. Um, and Man, you just kind of go anywhere. LA is incredible. Yeah, you, know? you just like, kind of go anywhere. LA is incredible. The courts out here, you go and, and you know, the, the the quality of the players, yeah. like you guys know where to find each other and you guys put it together and you're either on private courts or public courts, yeah. high school courts, it's incredible. Yeah, we'll go like anywhere that has a fairly decent, you know, court. I mean, it, it's, the weather is so nice, so we don't have to worry about that as long as we can just like find a couple guys. I mean, there's plenty of guys that live in PV, you know, Brenda Holt and all that stuff, so it's like... But hang on a second, dudes, you're... There's people around. You're a real, you're a real hustler though. Um, where do you teach your lessons? Uh, a little bit of South Bay Tennis Center, a little bit of like at Redondo High. They have like some some open course there. Uh, mostly that right now. South Bay Tennis Center has kind of opened the doors for, for me there with the, the Henses and they've been there for a long time. And how and much they, does it cost to book a private with you? Uh, Two fifty. And how much does it cost to do a group with you? I don't do that many groups. No. I'd have to figure it out. No, I, I just like you're a private right now, you're a private coach. No, I like to do I like to do groups. I just recently haven't i haven't been coaching that much I, i've been trying to train again and i have the online stuff and with my tennis hq and i'm trying to stay busy with that and not take as many because it's, it's very easy to just be like book as many lessons as possible but then you don't have time for anything else it's just like it's kind of easy money but it it's sure. limiting with everything else locks you up it locks you up so it's like i, I want to try to focus again on the on my online stuff and on my training and then i i just have regulars that have been with me for a long time and i i work with them sometimes someone new but eventually i'll do some clinics and stuff like that what's the name of that place in in manhattan beach with the famous burgers which one? one spot there's a, a one spot know. no i don't know you don't know i don't know where I'm do not. you eat down there uh i go to a lot to like just the Redonda Riviera has a lot of good food. Um, you know, Gabby James and you know the Rockefeller and like places like that. Um, there's a there's a, a French bakery called Pinwheel. I don't know if you heard of that one. I just went recently and it was like unbelievably good. Um, just a lot of good food there. There's a good amount of Brazilian food as well down there. There's a couple couple spots that that make Brazilian food that. It's not as as easy to find. South Bay has a good amount of Brazil. Yeah, feijoada, some picanha, and all yeah. that good stuff. What yeah. place? Uh, there's Panelas. Panelas is good. Um, really? It's in Redondo, and then there's a, a Brazilian plate. It's called. It's really close to where I live, and that's a really good. Uh, just put, like a nice. You put the nice, farofa. Uh, farofa, on that. all you of put it. All yeah. That. But all I've right. been like, and they have like a Brazilian market nearby that. I can get picanha and I grill it myself and, 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 and just, you know, invite people over. Now we have like a place, we have a yard and all that stuff. So it's nice, it's a luxury in LA to have a yard. So uh, we have a grill and all that, it's, it, it works out. Let's move into the second set. This is the on the court report. So first of all, what prompted the maneuver to come back into pro tennis, to play tournaments, 30 years old, you never been over 371. What, what makes you decide to come back? Um, 
I think it's like a, you know, a lot of factors. I think this last few years, you know, between working with Marcos this year and working with Naomi at the time and everything in between, I think you just kind of like pick up on a lot of like, you know, ways of thinking about tennis from people who, you know, obviously have great resumes like Naomi's coach or we spent some time with Agassi last year and and you just sort of like you plucking. You, you, you spent, you, who spent time with Agassi? Me, me, Marcos and Andre and Max, the other coach. You went to Vegas? Yeah, I went to Vegas. To practice? To practice. And how did, who put that together? Uh, Marcos and, and Andre have a relationship, they talk and yeah. Where did that stem from? I don't know. They, they just, they happened like I think like during COVID. I'm, I'm not really sure how how it started to be honest. But they they, they man, they Andre is a, stealthy. You know, people uh, think Andre is out of tennis, but Andre no, no, floats Andre, around. He Andre floats it. in and out of tennis. Yeah, he lo- he he was really helpful. I mean, I I have, he's he's a really private guy, so he just kind of does his thing. But we had a we had a great like four or five days. It was like a master class in tennis to be honest. And and it really was. Hang on, where'd you um, where did you guys practice? Uh, at his court. Yeah, the Andre Agassi. And where'd you guys stay? Um, Airbnb, I think. Yeah, that wasn't anything fancy. And was did Steffi practice? Steffi came out one day. Yeah, we, we did a little. She she hid for like a hot second. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't think she's playing that much tennis. She still looks like she can she can rip it. I mean, she looks fit and ready to go. She but, came out to say hi. Hit um, a but came out to say bye. Hit, hit and a, how hit was Andre's tennis? Andre's hitting hitting the ball clean, man. I mean, obviously, um, his movement is not as good, but but he's, he hits a good ball. And again, he once you once you let him like start talking and just like you ask a question. I mean, he basically like how I came out of it, it was like I mean he he was playing like chess and everyone was playing like checkers. You know, like he was seven, eight steps ahead of everybody else, and you're like, whoa. And so you're telling um, me that all these little, it's like it's like. Each little ingredient mm. made you want to get back and play matches. Yeah, well, you sort of, you, you, you know, you obviously also spend a little time coaching and you, you see all the, you know, you're coaching juniors, you're coaching whatever, and you see all the, the, the shit that they do as well. And you, you're like, you start picking up on this, like, I do that too. And you start, you almost like you learn by just observing What's and an by example? hearing. What's an example of like... I'd say like, you know, just decision-making stuff, you know, like why go for this shot it's it's hard to say it's like shot by shot right but it's like you see a kid doing that and you're like oh that was just like dumb but at the same time like I do this I do this as well and you know how they feel nervous and tight and can perform like you know you're playing a J3 you know in San Diego it's not that big of a deal but they're so tight about it and you're sort of like look back and you're like man I was this tight as well and why was I this tight why was I not able to just like again feel tight it's okay but can i still perform under that that pressure and you know you just by doing all that and and maybe enjoying tennis without the being conscious of like just trying to get better i was getting better i was my serve was improving my ground strokes were improving training. i wasn't training i was training to play better but i wasn't like training that much i wasn't training nearly as much as i was training when I was competing, you know what I mean? I was hitting maybe, you know, with Naomi or something, but I wasn't like going out to get better for myself. I was just playing tennis. And, and it's slowly but surely like things like ingrained in your head. Like I, I, was, I always had a bad serve. Like that was like my, the thing that didn't work for me. And then I was like one day messing around and trying to do like a Pete Sampras impersonation. And I looked at the video, I was like, that looks pretty good. 
And I was like, why don't I kind of serve like that? And then I kind of just like started doing that, but just in my lessons. And then all of a sudden my serve was a lot better. And then I went to play matches and I was like, oh, my serve is actually a weapon now. That's weird, but that, this is great because I was always a good returner. Now I'm a good server. Now it makes it easier to play. So it's like, it's a, it's a little bit of everything that by now, you know, obviously coaching online and coach, you know, all kinds of things. And by now I'm like, it's, it's a very simple thing. Can I execute or not? Like, can I play the game that I need to play or not? And if I don't, I lose and it is what it is. And then you move on to the next, but you don't have to overthink everything. So it's, it, tennis has become a lot simpler and that's why I feel like I've been having success now. It sounds like you got us. You got some money in the bank somehow, and you went to Turkey. Do I have that right? <laughs> Tunisia. Sorry, you went to so so you go to Tunisia, but yeah. but but you but you put some money together. Yeah. Well, so the way I'm doing it, obviously, I we created this online platform now, and you know, having YouTube and all our subscribers, they they've been wanting like for me to play for a long time because I played. So basically every time I was off this year, Marcos and I split the time, we're splitting the time on the road, with, it was me and another coach. So when I was off and I was in LA, I played a lot of those UTR events in Newport, those PTT events, and I went and played one and I won it. And then I played another one and I won it. And then I went to Ojai and I won it. And I was like, by the way, those are, that's tough tennis, It's man. tough tennis, you know? You were winning matches. I was just winning matches and I was like, what's happening? I'm just like winning matches, I'm having fun. Like, I, you know, I'm playing good ball, I feel, fit and not I wouldn't say I'm fit to play top 100 tennis just yet but I'm like a match fit and I just kind of kept winning and then I was like and, oh, I don't wanna... and Marcos must be telling you you're, you're you should be playing What's yeah and Marcos you? is like just like go get a point it's like just, you got to go get he a told point you. Yeah. Marcos told you to yeah get a point. he's like go get a point because maybe we can sign into like some 250s in doubles or whatever it is but you need to have a point and I can sign in as an alternate on site if I have a point but it's impossible. This is the best story it's, ever. A, it's a very difficult thing to get a point nowadays because the, the, the qualifying draws are so small. There are 32 draws now. Rarely, sometimes they have 64. But in America, you will not get in because now you have ATP points and then ITF points, which is great because then it, it gives people the reward for playing qualifying and winning rounds. So you have ITF points and then you have national ranks and stuff. So I'm, you know, UTR wise, a main draw player but I'm 250 in the alternate because I can't get in. So I'm like, how do I do this? I don't know how to do it. So I, I, I emailed the Tunisian Federation because they have a bill in terms there. I was like, hey, like, can you guys give me like a qualis wild card? And this was like a few months ago, I didn't hear anything back. And then like on a Tuesday before the tournament, I got an email from them and said, hey, we'll get, we got you a wild card for the qualis of the 15K next week. And I was like, Oh shit, I have to go to Tunisia. <laughs> so like, I was like, okay, like, I'm going for a week and a half. I, I had two weeks max because I had a wedding back in LA. I couldn't miss, it was one of my best friends. And I was like, I'm going to Tunisia. I'm gonna try to go get a point. And I end up like qualifying, getting, getting to the quarters, lost to the one seed. And I was like, I, I, now I have points, now I can play. You won two matches. Yeah, four, two in the qualities, two in the main. You won four matches? Yeah, two in the qualities, two in the main, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah. And where'd you rent? And then, then what happened? Now I, I got up to like I don't know, fifteen hundred, whatever that number is. But and, at and, least and, I have points and to that's play. That's a point. That's two points. Two points. Two points. Quarterfinals of a fifteen. And that's it. That's it. And, and then, then I, I left. I, I played one week, and I was like, I'm leaving because now I can play. I can get into the events in the U.S. or nearby. Because uh, I, I, you know, like yeah. why go you know across the? There's so many tournaments in the U.S. I know they're a little tougher, but 
it is what it is. And then you went to Morelia. And then, yeah, so I came back. I had probably like a few weeks. I think it was two or three weeks um, in LA, or even a bit more, if I'm not mistaken, because I was waiting for the tournaments to come back. And what happened was I was going to play Vegas. The, 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 there was a 15K there the same week as Morelia. But the Vegas future was crazy stacked because there was supposed to be a challenger in Vegas the following week. So everyone was going to play that and then play the challenger. The challenger got canceled and Morelia, the list just ran. And I was like, I got in the main draw. I was, I was supposed to be in qualies and I got there, I was almost a seed. So I was like, oh, you know, instead of playing qualies here on a very stacked tournament, I'm going to go to Morelia, see what's up. Um, it, it, it looked like it was going to be like a really nice event and a, and a fancy golf course and all that stuff. And went Morelia out there. Morelia is very nice. Very nice. It's a very nice place. Very nice spot. And, and then, you know, the club was amazing, 7,000 feet altitude, so very just serving, kind of serving return tennis. And then I went out there and won it. <laughs> won five matches. Five matches, yeah. Yeah, I won. Played I, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Tuesday through Sunday. Tuesday, uh, through, Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, five matches, win the tournament. Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good week. And, was, we, and we saw some video, you know, for our, for our listeners, for everyone, Caraway has a vigorous social media presence, <laughs> and it was buck wild. You had a whole crowd, you I mean, you served in volley on match point. Yeah. Ball I mean, went long. I mean, that's got to be a good feeling. Oh, yeah. I was I was going well. At that point, I was, you know, you're a little tired, you know, it's the end of the week, and... How'd that feel? Felt pretty good. I mean, obviously, it wasn't, like, really expecting to win a tournament this quickly coming back. Um, I knew I could, but you know, you never know how, how it's going to translate, you know, from playing, I'd say, you know, playing UTR events to playing pros and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I played, it wasn't good tennis, 7,000 7, feet altitude, so it, you can't really control the ball. And, 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 and that, would it be fair to say that that's why the, the field is, is essentially weak? Because most players don't want to play in altitude. It's a tricky thing. I think I think it was just one of those that it just happened that a lot of people I think yeah. were going to play. There was a lot of the field was strong, but then last second a lot of people pulled out because they I saw like some guys made finals and they maybe didn't want to play another week. And there was a change. A lot of people were coming. There was a lot of South Americans playing. They were coming from clay, and then you're moving to hard. Some of them didn't want to play, and then it just. It was it was out of my control. Well, and then the ball flies, and it's just yeah. so tough. Yeah, it's it, that breaks your soul. Yeah, it just flies, and there's nothing you can do. So I told myself very early in the in the in the training to determine that I was like, it's just not going to be good tennis. Just like, don't expect it to be good tennis. Just serve well, make some some good returns, and survive, basically. Because like, it it wasn't going to be like. I didn't finish that week going into the next week like I'm playing unreal, you know, like you get confident because you won like six men. I was like, no, I just sort of served well and I served in volley. Like I try, I try to keep like the match not like very like we're going to rally from the back because that, that, that would be, be stupid. And it just kind of worked out and I took my chances. I, I played, you know, the, I think the five seed first round. I got a second, second round that was pretty easy, then the four seed. Um, yeah, I just played a good ball. So you win the tournament, and you go straight to Harlingen? Harlingen, Harlingen, yes. Texas. Yes. In quarter. 
Yeah, a quarter. So I got I got a special exam because I was in in the qualies of that week, because I I won the event. I was able to get a special exempt into the main draw. So yeah, I won it Saturday. Left Sunday. Took basically that day off. So Monday, Tuesday. I got to practice and then basically start over Wednesday. So yeah, pre pretty quick turnaround. And you, you said earlier we were talking that you kind of ran out of gas. You were pretty ran a, ran a little bit out of gas. I played the four seed first round of Harlingen and Harlingen was like, I mean, there was like 25, 30 mile per hour, like winds that but like every day that we played and it was awful to play, like awful. awful. Like it was like, you know, you're playing with the wind, against the wind and and one side, like literally impossible to hold serve. But you've lost to a kid who I saw nearly die, <laughs> who had a real problem in the juniors at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Against this hot shot Italian kid, yeah. Federico Cina. Uh -huh. You played this kid Kang. Kang, yeah. And he is a blue chipper from Stanford. Yes. And and it was so hot that day. It was he, hot. No, no, I'm talking oh, about in, in, in the U.S. Open. Yeah. It was so hot that day that he, but, but this guy is uh, a scholarship player at Stanford. Oh, yeah, he's a great player. I mean, he's 600 in the world, and he's not even playing, like, He's 600, so you lost yeah. to him, and now you're back. Now, now here we are. Yeah, now here we are. Yeah, I played. And, 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 what's the, and, and, and what's the moral of the story right now? Where are you at head-wise in terms of your tennis? I'm good. I mean, I'm. I again. I, I wanted to just kind of finish the year, hopefully top thousand, just so I could play some more main draws next year. That was kind of the goal. I only had a handful of events to do so, and I already did it. So, you know, now where I'm at, I'm gonna play one more event in Columbus, uh, 25k. I'm probably gonna be in the quali still, um, but then basically finish the year and then use December to to really get in shape for a full season. Because it's one thing playing a couple of events. Uh, but to, to be able to maintain, you know, physically a level throughout the year, because uh, being physically sharp and mentally sharp goes really hand in hand, right? Like if you're tired, you're just not making good decisions anymore and everything just kind of goes to shit. So finding that, I think those are the two main priorities. I think tennis wise, again, I'm, I'm, I kind of am who I am now in, in, in terms of tennis. I know what I have to do and if I can do it, great. If I can't. Um, then maybe I'll lose, but how much money did you make? How much money did I make uh, in just two weeks? I probably made. No, what'd you get? What'd you make in? What'd you make in Tunisia? In Tunisia? Oh, I I didn't even see the money. It went in everything into expenses, but no, it was I know. Probably, but what what you what you make? Four hundred and fifty bucks that week. Four hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah. Four matches. Yeah. Four hundred fifty bucks. Yeah. Morelia. Yeah. You won the tournament. Yeah. How much? Uh. After tax, fifteen eighty. One thousand five hundred eighty dollars. Yeah. yeah. Texas. Har Harlingen six ninety. Bro. So yeah, it's pretty pretty shit, huh? I'll make that in, in a, you can make that in a day teaching. Uh, how much money did you spend? Uh ten grand? <laughs> seven grand? Probably close to that. Yeah, probably close to I would say seven with Tunisia. Tunisia was a tricky one. So you Spent about seventy five hundred, ten yeah, grand. Something like that. Made about made about three grand, and you're just gonna keep it moving. All right, keep it moving. Yeah, I mean, again, I I now have you know a little bit of support, and I have my my online stuff, and I'm able to not have to be on court all the time to 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 earn a living. 
Um, so that helps a little bit and hopefully, you know, we get, you know, I'm able to get sponsorships, things like that throughout the channel. Cause I mean, I have more views than someone that's probably, you know, top hundred in the world. Like there's more, more eyeballs watching that my channel than there's probably people watching someone who's seven in the world, which is you, nuts. Cause you have a vigorous social media, yeah. you've, you've, people have gravitated to you. You guys put a lot, you and your, it's another Brazilian guy another that Brazilian was a Pepperdine. Guy. What's his yeah. name? Guy Hadlich, Guilherme. Guilherme Hadlich. Yes. And, and you and he are? We're, yeah, we're. Tennis HQ. My Tennis HQ is My ours. Tennis HQ. Yeah. That's more successful than you could have expected. Yeah, definitely more successful than I expected. Started just as a website and then I was on court a lot and I liked to do the videography, photography thing. And he was like, why don't I start doing YouTube? And I started doing YouTube and it's it a, sort of took off. And it's, took a, off. and it's instruction. It's a little bit of everything. It's instruction, it's match play. It's like sometimes I do a vlog here and there, but it's mostly people come to, you know, I'll do some racket reviews or string reviews. But nowadays it's mostly instruction and more like for not beginner instruction, but like trying to like get like the 4.0s, the 4.5s, the 5.0s, just kind of give them the way I go by it is like, I just kind of want to give you my, my brain, my eyes. It's like, why, why would I do this here, this, that, here? That? Because I think people think tennis at the highest, highest level is too complicated, but it, it's not. It's, the more you can simplify it, I think the more you can actually just have like the meat and potatoes, like well, do that well, the better you'll be. And you don't have to like reinvent the wheel all the time. Yeah, well, I taught one of the recent lessons was don't do anything. Yeah. Just do nothing. Like sometimes just do nothing. Don't just, do anything. Yeah. So put the ball back in the, on the middle of the court and survive one more ball. You know, because I think a lot of people think tennis is like, like golf. That is like you have to have this perfect swing to get the ball from A to B. But tennis is not that. Tennis is a movement sport. You have to be able to move to get the ball back. Move, get the ball back. Move, get the ball back. And so that's why like a lot of people who are, don't really have great strokes or great shots but they can get the ball back, they can move and get the ball back, they win more than the guy who has great strokes but can only put three balls on the court. It's a very simple thing. Uh, so that's how, what I try to do it on the channel, just sort of, you know, again, give a little bit of like that, bring the high level instruction that I've been around a lot, not that even I, I, I was the one that created all of it. It's just like, I'm seeing this here and I see the same crap at 4.5s and we're doing the same errors at, at pros and we're doing the same errors at four fives and, and they just sort of interlock in a little well, way. I say that all the time that it, the, 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 the mistakes, the mistakes are the same. The player who is, the player who's 30 in the world over hits on big points against the player who's 17. Yeah. The same as the way a player who's a 4-0 over hits on a, against a 5-0. Yeah, it's, it's the same. It's the same it's, errors. It's, it's the same errors, it's the same pressure, right? Like if you're playing someone who's worse or better, you know, people get in their heads, I, I, I always drop my level when I play someone who's technically worse than me. Like, well, how, do you, how do you do that? And I'm like, it's the same diff pressures. It's just like, we are in a bigger stage than, you know, someone who's just playing at the club, but you're feeling the same thing, right? So it's, like, it's a difficult sport to try to like, talk about feelings and, and like how you're feeling in this situation, that situation. Um, but again, that's kind of like what I try to do. And I, I, I don't get too technical because I, I'm not watching the players. I don't know how you play. I don't know your style. So what I can do is just 
offer again a little bit of guidance of like you know how to make better decisions how to see the game maybe closer to how I see it and again we all see it in a different way but uh, trying to give some perspective let's move into the third set this is the portion of our show where we talk about your career now getting ready for this I learned a lot about you but where does your tennis begin at uh, home, Jaraguá do Sul, my, my town in Brazil. Jaraguá do Sul. Yeah. Red uh, clay courts. Red clay courts. My dad played, you know, just like your competitive five, four point five kind of kind of stuff, and I was just going, going on court and play around. And, and I had my. Played, and you played in like super nice uh, South American Brazil um, country club every weekend, every day pools. Yeah, it's like uh, super it nice, like uh, like. Club culture is different in Brazil, right? Yeah. Like in America, it's like this like really fancy thing. You're a part well, of a tennis be. club. It can't. I feel. I feel like in Brazil is more laid back. Like being being. A, I mean, that's what my dad does till today. Like he goes plays tennis and he has barbecue with his friends and it's like it's a very social thing. It's not a stuffy thing. And and so you you grow up in that. It wasn't like a, a fancy country club. It was just a nice club. It had tennis. It had golf. It had some. It didn't have golf. It had tennis. It had. It had pool and all that stuff, and you just go out and play some 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 tennis, and that's kind of. And even academies in Brazil, they're typically like it's not an academy, it's not like an IMG academy or a Wild Academy. It's a, it's a, it's just a club that it like welcomes players and is like here we're gonna have this here. Morning to the night, yeah. You learn every, you learn your whole life at these yeah. clubs. Just like at the club, you're just at the club all yeah. day, all, all day. night, yeah. playing. So I grew up playing there, and then I when I was 11, my town didn't have many players, so I started training in Itajaí, which is, um, they had a big tennis academy center there, but in a club as well, kind of the same, same Itajaí. stuff. Itajaí. Itajaí, yeah. where's Larry Passos? Where's Guga's old coach? Yeah, so Larry was like 20 minutes away from that in Camboriú, in Balneário Camboriú. So there's two academies and we just kind of like bounce players around. Some would come train with us. Um, we would train there at their academy. So he had his own like Guga Curtin, Larry Passos Academy, and I was with uh, Ivan Clay and Patricio Arnold, one Argentinian player, one Brazilian player, and all the other coaches there. And I basically started going there a couple times a week, then three times a week, then I'm 14, 15, I moved there and started training every day and, and stayed there until college, yeah. And what about Melagene? What about all these Brazilian, what about Brazilian tennis? Are you were deep in it? Were you identified as a... <sighs> Uh, a Brazilian battler. Uh, Were you doing that with all these kids? I was, I was, you know, at the time when I was playing, there was a lot of good juniors, and Brazil always has good juniors, and and we we keep making good juniors. It doesn't necessarily translate into pros that much, but but it was I was like one of the probably the top five players almost every year, um, and but it wasn't the best. I mean, at my, the time, you know, when I was playing, there was a kid who won the Australian Open. He ended up like quitting at 20, 21. And, and what about Dutra Silva? Dutra Silva is down the street teaching tennis. Yeah, he is. To, now, he's here now, but he, he was always in Sao Paulo. Yeah. Oh, he was okay. Yeah, he was Different always in Sao Paulo. Like there were some people training in Sao Paulo, some people training in Rio, and I always stay down there. So some people come come through some of the other players. But yeah, we had a lot of good juniors at the time. None, nobody. Montero is the only one that really like made it and has been like a top 100 player. Tiago Montero. Tiago Montero, he yeah. He can play. He can play, he can hit a good ball. Now are you guys friends? Yeah, we're friends, we're okay. friends, yeah. We we grew up, he's a 94, I'm a 93, so we grew up kind of battling each other and, and, and I played him like two or three times and um, he stayed out playing pros and for me it was just like the one thing, like when I turned 18 there was like a lot of, there was a, in Brazil there was actually at the time a lot of futures, there was a lot going on, there was a lot of investment 
and it was easy to just stay doing that and playing a lot just in Brazil basically 30 weeks a year uh, but I was like I I was not ready to play pro so I you know I came to UCLA and and a lot of people just kind of stay behind playing pros and eventually that went away not a lot of tournaments and it's just but just hang tough. on a second did you travel internationally were you yeah part? I played the ITF tour I was like thir 35 in the world juniors and played all that tour played the Grand Slams like did all that you did did all that that, that did, stuff did you have do you know Guga I know I've won like a the Google Curtain Cup. They they still it was I think it was the first one I won it, and he gave the trophy and stuff. I didn't I didn't like spend a lot of time with him. Uh, Google's like kind of did his own thing after he retired. He wasn't like that involved into tennis. He had the he has his like charity Google Curtain School that is like more. It's not like a high level thing. It's just to get kids into playing tennis. Uh, he's he was always way more busy with that stuff than like being around like the high level juniors or pros whatever. Uh, so you wouldn't see Guga lives a great life. <laughs> Guga just vibes, you know, like he's a great dude. Um, but we wouldn't see him that much. But yeah, he gave. I have a picture of him giving me this trophy and all that. It's pretty cool. Guga just yeah. vibes. Yeah, Guga's a vibe. Couldn't be spoken more yeah. uh, clearly. <laughs> so, so I understand you committed to Florida at some juncture. Florida State. Yeah. Oh, FSU. FSU. Okay. And then verbally, and then they, yeah. then UCLA made you an offer you couldn't refuse. Somebody, somebody decided not to come here. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Honestly, I have. We should ask Billy, but it was one of those like last second. I, I was, I had a full ride at FSU, and last second they, I think something opened up here, and it, it wasn't even a better offer. It was just UCLA, you know, and they, they were the better team and the more historic team, and and it's LA and and all that stuff and. And last second, they kind of swooped in. Uh, I knew Marcos was on the team. I knew Marcos from like kind of juniors Orange Bowl. We we played the same events and stuff like that. And we yeah. And then I ended up like coming here last second. Like came here redshirted for like a quarter and then started playing. And you guys were bad boys. You had a lot of good players on that team. Yeah. But I was told that you were you were like the high super talented, but never really like played well here. Like like you didn't like really fulfill your potential here. Like that I, you only got to that you were you were like the number six guy. Yeah. And everyone was like this. Well, guy I was so really fucking good at being the number six guy. Some people are bad at being the number six guy. And I was being. I, I won. I have the record of dual match wins in, in the history of the program. You have the in dual match dual match wins. I have I've won seventy eight matches for UCLA. I only lost twelve. 78 and twelve. Yeah. That's your record. In dual matches, which is the thing that matters. I don't give a fuck about the fall. But when we're playing other teams, I was yeah. But when we're playing teams, I was a match player. It sounds like you've always been a match player. I just don't. The thing is, like UCLA was stacked. I definitely coasted a little bit. I'm not gonna hang on a second. It was like Mackie Mackie McDonald, Marcos Giron, Marcos Giron, Adrian Pujet, who's a guy who got to 300, Dennis Novikov, who got to like 130, Clay Thompson, who was number one in the country and got to 400. The entire team got to top 400 three, four guys got to top 100, top 150. So it was a stacked team. Stacked. Um, I just asked the coach, I said, well, how come he didn't do better? He said, I thought he, I think I, he's like, I just, I'd have to look. He said, the yeah. team was stacked. The team was stacked. And, and you know, so it but got to a point where for me, I, I just wanted to win a national title. And if for me to play four five or six and he guaranteed a point, I was okay with that. I, I wasn't too worried about like, you know, oh, you have to make NCAA singles and stuff like that. I really wanted us to win a national title. We got really close my freshman year was the one that we lost the championship point and all that. And and that's what I wanted. I definitely coasted a little bit. I, I, I don't think I, I could have played higher. I could have like 
maybe try harder, but I was also in a phase where it's like, it's new, I'm at UCLA, I'm, you know, figuring it out like life almost like outside of tennis a little bit and not like to party or anything. I, I wasn't a party guy. It was just more like, just so you living a new life. And, and, and so there, were, there was a balance to it all that maybe I could have gone a bit harder but I also wanted to kind of enjoy what I was doing too. Yeah, you stand by your yeah, career. I do. That's what you're playing. What yeah. did you say, 78 and 12? 78 and 12. I was great at, at dual matches. I didn't fucking lose in dual matches. 78 12. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, so I'd, 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 I'd hunker down in, in, you know, in during the season. From Monday, uh, from from January through May, I was locked in. Like, we were, we were going to win. I, I wanted to just be the guy that guys are like, ah, Carew's going to win. We were already like, one zero up. Now, do you do you believe in college tennis? I believe in college tennis. I thousand percent believe in college tennis. I think I think for me, basically, if you're 18 and you're not like a challenger player, not a future guy. Like if you made one finals of a future, doesn't matter. But if you're a challenger player, then great, go pro. You're you you should be going pro if you're already 18, winning challengers, making finals of challengers. But if you're not, go play college. Four years nowadays, people are playing to their late 30s. You know, you leave with 22, you're ready to go. Now, are you a UCLA graduate? Did you get the diploma? Yeah, I got the diploma. Okay. Yeah. On, on time? On time, four years. Okay. Yeah, I did some, the, some summer school, but the, on and, time. And then, you, and then you did not take a shot at turning pro? No. No, you, yeah. went to, you went to just muck about a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I just wasn't, you know, you're 22, like how, you know, it always comes back a little bit to the money. How am I going to do this? No support. I'm not a player, and like not really like an important player in Brazil or anything. So I just I uh, went and volunteered at Pepperdine for for a year. Um, it was actually my my business partner's coach for a year, um, and but I kind of kept playing, kind of kept training, but just wasn't trying to play pro. Volunteer assistant. Yeah, volunteer assistant at Pepperdine. So no paid, nothing. Just go to Malibu every day. Yeah, it was, it was all right. You know, it was like kind of like the thing. It was like I liked it, but it was like it quickly showed me that I was like, no, go play. Like, what am I doing? And you get to, and, and you played. Yeah, I played. So I, I took, so the year finished in 2017, like, you know, we finished in April, May. Uh, I, I went and played a lot of men's opens just to get some money and matches. There's a, you know, California has a lot of men's opens. You can make great money, like some three, four, five thousand bucks if you win the event sometimes. So I went and played a bunch of those and then there, we used to have uh, Claremont, Fountain Valley. I used to hear your you know? name all the time. Yeah, and so I didn't, know it, I didn't know that much about you. Yeah, so then, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna start in these tournaments here in California. You They're easy like, to go. You, sorry, you were like a kind of like a money player. Yeah, I was a I was a money player. I was you going, were just going kind around. of buck. You yeah. were kind of like an old school like money player. Yeah, yeah. I've won I've won so much more money playing men's opens than I've won <laughs> playing professional tennis. Yeah. I swear to my life. But basically that's what happens and then so i played all these men's opens and then i'm like oh i'm gonna go to claremont it's the first time i'm back i'm like this is the one i'm gonna start i'm gonna see what happens you go to claremont so i go to claremont you, you see claremont yeah no club? they had it at the club there okay. a claremont club okay so 128 qualified draw so four rounds to qualify um i qualify i played the one seed who's a chris o'connell who's like 70 in the world right now play him first round australian i beat him first round and i win the tournament so like first first tournament back, I go and win it, and I was like, well, I guess I'm have to do this now, you know. I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna start, see what happens, and I win it, and I'm like, I play Marty Redlicky, who played here at UCLA as well, he was one of my teammates, number one in the country, and played him in the finals, won it. And I was on a mission to beat all the guys that were in front of me in the lineup when I came back, so I beat him in the finals, 
And yeah, then I went quickly into like top 800 or whatever. And, and then I started playing and I had a good run as well, like towards the end of the year. And then quickly from, from that point in September, I think by May I was top 400, yeah. So six, six, seven months there. And then you quit? And then I was just, and then, well, I didn't, I didn't fully quit then. I was like, I had a little bit of an injury and then I couldn't defend some points. And then basically, like 2018, I was, I was switching my visa. There was a few things I had to deal with at the time. Life. Yeah, life, just life stuff. And then 2019 rolled over and the transition tour came. Remember when they took points away from Futures and they were trying to do this thing where there's an ITF ranking, ATP ranking, it was this whole thing. You got hosed. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I don't want to do this. Like, like I'm basically 550 in the world, but I have to restart. I have to go do ITFs again. Like, I can't go into challengers. My point, like, my ranking isn't high enough. Wow. And you, you know, you get a taste of like, you know, coaching a little bit, doing some stuff here, and you're like, what am I doing? And then you just, you know, I just sort of said fuck it and, and was done. And yeah, looking back, maybe, maybe not the right decision. But then, you know, COVID hits, all that stuff. I didn't really lose that much. Like I lost half of 2019, 2020 rolls over, there's nothing, 2021, there's nothing really, and yeah. No, 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 but you, 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 picked, up, you picked up Naomi Osaka. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Well, that, that, part, that part came kind of like, again, out of the blue, really. I didn't, I, I, you know, they, she moved here. Well, you were licking your wounds, you were regrouping, and you were here. Yeah, I was just here. And, just, she, was, and she moved here. Yeah, yeah. Did she move here because of Corday? No, I think she just moved here. Oh, she maybe she moved here because she wanted to get get away from the parent. No, no, because the father was here. I don't know. I think she just wanted to live she in LA. She just wanted to live in LA. Yeah, it's a good place to live. She came here, and because I I actually I get my racket strung down the street. Yeah. And I you know and I actually interviewed Wim for my show. Yeah. And you guys were you guys were she was practicing at UCLA getting ready for the 2020 uh, Australian Australia. Open. Yeah, it was like last second, dude. And, and Wim told me that you're great because you could mimic anyone's style. Yeah. Is I, that true? I, 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 I self-proclaim myself the best hitting partner in the world. I'm sorry if you think you're better, but you're not. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm a good hitting partner. I hit a good ball for girls and I can just, you know, if they tell me like, you play a little heavier, play a little more, I, I, the only thing I can do is play lefty, but after, Everything else I can, I could emulate a little bit, you know, just kind of watch the girl play and try to like, you know, emulate the serve, emulate the, the, the spin, the shape, whatever. And, um, wow. but also just make sure that, I think people think that being a hitting partner is about just not missing, mm -hmm. but it's not. It's just about, it's about knowing to, when to push her, when to bring her in and just kind of, I, I was already coaching a little bit, so I had the eye for it. And so I, I think that helped in a way where it's like I, ha I hit a good ball, but I also understand it's like here she's she's starting to miss a little bit. Let's bring the confidence back up and just like ride this sort of like up and down of a practice um, and also just kind of have fun with it. So, yeah, I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy hitting with girls because they hit a good clean ball and it's kind of fun. And you got paid pretty well. You, you I played OK. I got been, you know, for, for how much money she makes, I guess. I don't, I don't know if I can say I got paid amazing. I, I got some bonuses and stuff like when we were going to slams and, and really and it was good but really but in general I wasn't I wasn't like 
full-time hire. That was also like, again, dealing with some like visa stuff, travel was a little bit difficult, so I was doing more, more of that like, stuff. What's it like to win the major and get the bonus? I mean, that's gotta be a good feeling. It was, yeah, it was a surprise actually, the bonus, but winning the major was like, it was really fun. It was, it, it, we won that COVID US Open with no one there. No, so it was a little the nuts. Australian and the US. And Australia, you we won Australia? Australia in the following year. I wasn't at Australia. I did all the I'm preseason. Sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was. I did all the preseason, but I couldn't travel like outside of the U.S. I was again resolving some visa stuff. Well, that was the big Black Lives Matter. Um, but that the one that, that we won, yeah, she, yeah. It was the, the the U.S. Open one. She was wearing the mask and all that stuff. What and it were was your, really crazy. What, what were your conversations like? Um, like, do you have like meaningful conversations with her? Or was it just pretty much like you were like a worker? Um, I think, you know what. The approach that I had when I kind of met her was she's obviously a, a, an introverted person. And I think as kind of an introverted person too, you never want someone in your space too quickly, right? Like you're kind of like a cat. You have to like warm to the person. So I just, when I came in, it was very like, you know, I'm just gonna give her space. Once she approaches me, like fine. And, and then we slowly but surely, you know, me and Wim got along really well. And then I think the three of us started getting along well. And I think we always had a very like, a very honest, like, banter with each other. Like, he, Wim was was really cool at just like, hey, like, what are you seeing here, you know? And 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 I was able to be honest with her, like, hey, like here I thought you're, you know, you're a bit flat on this match or whatever it is. We we had some fun. Like one time at the Australian Open, she was she was, it's a funny story. She that first Australian Open that we went, she lost to Coco. But like the first round, she lost. A ton of breakpoints in the match. She just like kind of like just couldn't get through the breakpoints. It ended up being like a tougher match than it needed to be. So I told her next round, if she every time she broke in the first breakpoint, I would run a mile. And I hate running. I hate running. I hate. I just hate it. Like running makes no sense sure. to me. And she goes out and like wins four breaks four times on the first breakpoint. And she looks at me at the end of the match and she goes like four. And I was like. Yes, you know, like I don't care if I have to run it as long as you win easier, you know. Come on. And and so it was like one of those things where it's like, we w we were able to have fun. We had, we had a, actually a good amount of fun, and obviously co that COVID year was weird, um, but we trained a lot and we had we had a good time. And 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 again, I think our, our relationship was it wasn't like deep relationship, but it was fun. We 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 had a good time. I think we're able to laugh. And and she's an intuitive player. She she likes. She has that vibe. She's very hardworking on the, you know, Japanese side of her, but very like intuitive vibey on the Haitian side of her. So I think um, being able to balance those two things um, is important. And, and again, she she puts her head down and works, but she also likes to have a little a good time on the court. She had her issues. Would it be fair to say that you just had to dip because she wasn't playing? Yeah, I mean, basically how, you know, everything that started, I think it started in Europe after she won the, the Australian Open 2021 and then she went to Europe and there were some issues with, with, I think, doing the interviews after and remember that stuff? Yeah, yeah of course. Uh, defend, it, no, no, we, we don't have to, we don't have to prosecute that, but I'm yeah, saying you had... You it just, just sort of like, it became a thing where she wasn't playing and, you know, again, I wasn't in a, under like any, I was on a week, week to week basis and you know, eventually you just need work. So you, yeah. you, I was just like, hey, like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I need work, you're not playing any events and, and you're not training, you're not doing anything. So, you know, it's just kind of ran its course that way, but I'd be happy to, you know, hit with them again, not like work full time, but like, you know, if they ever want to practice, I, I'm down to practice, so yeah. Best moment on tour with her? Uh, 
definitely winning you know that that us open was it was really special being there and even though it was like a weird you know no one there us open but you know it was a hard month of just like site house house site house, you know and and we were able to to push through it and win that was really cool is she very lavish was it like did, what, did you get like an inside peek at like what it's like to be with like the 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 highest earning female athlete in the history of the world or the, the world i mean they live <laughs> She lives like a pretty nice life, you know what I mean? I wouldn't say she's lavish. I think, I think, she's what flashy, I'd say, she flashy. She's, fla she's flashy, but like I think she, she, she knows who she is and she knows what she likes. So she spends money in things that it seems like it truly like brings her joy. It's not just like, oh, I just need to have the, this thing or that thing to be flashy. It's just like she kind of enjoys, you know, she bought like, it's like vintage Bronco that I was like, ah, so jealous. I'm a car guy. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know what I mean? I'd. I'd be doing that. So she, you know, again, if you're making that much money, like you might as well like you know, she, enjoy it. But she, she spends, I think, a lot of money like helping the parents and stuff like that. And, do you think um, she's going to play well? Yeah. Yeah, I think. I think. I think. Wow. You I think. Bro, you like you think she's gonna play well? You got a twinkle in your eye. I right just there. think if she she wants to play, she is a lot better than most of the girls on tour. You're my tennis HQ. Mm -hmm. What else are you? You're a pro player. You're I'm back a pro on player. tour. Yeah, I would say and those you're, two you're, things and now. You're, and you're, you, you pick up some lessons, 250 an hour. Yeah, yeah no, not like Morado Glue, not charging 7,000 an hour. It's just a nice 250 if you want to work with me, like you can, can reach out to me. But yeah, just not, again, not coaching too much, trying to focus on, on playing and focus on ho how I will be able to share, hopefully, this story of me playing pro again. And, and I don't like to film when I'm on the road. It, it, you know, I'm there to like, I'm a, I'm a tennis player first, a YouTuber second, so it's a bit difficult to, to manage both on the road, but trying to figure out how to do that and how to hopefully share a little bit of like what I'm doing, and that's kind of it. I honestly trying to try not to wear too many hats anymore, trying to focus on this one thing. What's the difference between 500 and 371? X's and O's, what's the difference? I don't think there's a lot of difference. I think there's a difference 200 to, to 500, there's a difference. What's I, the difference? I think everyone is just a bit more professional, a little bit like, a little bit more confident in what they do. Um, I think, I think- Faster, it, it, stronger, I don't, more I think, I think faster, I don't, I don't think they're hitting bigger, but I think it's like, a, a, it, with tennis, as you kind of go through the levels, it's, it's like you have to like, trust that you belong that level you know i had a hard time as i was going from futures to challengers back in the day to kind of almost feel like am i even good enough for this and it's a mental thing it's you you are but you you might not trust it as much and for some people it takes a little it takes a little while to get over that barrier but once you do get over that barrier if you have again if you have the two or three things that you do really well and you trust them really well you get through it it's just like it's that trust and i think that's I, I don't, I don't, you know, you watch a guy who's 700 and a guy who's 200 live, you're like, kind of like, you don't, don't really know which one is the, which one is which, but like when you put it together in a season, the consistency of results of mental of fitness and all that stuff, it's like, it, it's, a, it's a, it's a sport that doesn't really reward just level, right? Like, you know, Kyrgios is a top 15 player in the world, probably top five in level of talent but he's not good at doing the 
the business of tennis, right? Like going every week and having to get through it and well, all Nick that stuff. Play, Nick doesn't play tennis. Well, he doesn't play tennis anymore, but I'm, you know, when he's playing, like, it's just like a tricky thing. And for some people, it's like, it's, it's that part that can be tough. And I think hopefully now at 30, I'm mature enough to deal with it a little bit better. And you can't cheat the miles, can you? You get hurt. No, you can't shoot the miles. Can't shoot the miles. Do a lot of yoga, man. Yoga, if you're getting older, yoga does, does tremendous things for you. How high, this is an unfair question. I'm very aware of that. How high do you think you can go? What, what, what level, what ranking can you get to? I, want, I mean, the goal is to play a, like a slam qualities at least. So 250, 240. Be a challenger player first and from there figure out. I think my, my personal challenge was like, I was always great at futures. I'm still great at futures. But once you, 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 you go into that next level and you're playing, you know, you're playing a dude who's 118 in the world, first round of a challenger, you know what I mean? And you might be 320 and you're like, oh my God, this guy's 120 in the world. Like you, you get, you psych yourself out. So the challenge right now is for me to mentally embrace that, 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 that battle that is like, if I can get to a, a level of challenger and, and consistently win at that level, uh, I'd be pretty proud of myself, and from there, hopefully, again, I don't know, could I be top 100? I don't know, I've had multiple people say, yeah, you should be top 100, but, you know, it's, 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 it's difficult. <laughs> I was told that Shelby Rogers was stunned that you weren't playing pro tennis, that she, was, she had some influence on you to turn pro, that, that, that you were practicing with them. And um, they were like, wait, what's going on here? Why are you, how are you not playing pro tennis? Is that true? I think there was a, definitely Mark Lucero and, and Shelby at the time. There was a, um, I think they boosted my confidence a little bit to, to do so. And, and you know, I, th I think that helped me that first time to go back. And then I think even working with Naomi and Wim always being a guy that was like, you should be top 100, like, what are you doing? Uh, then I'm just kind of like, oh, no, I'm having a good life, I'm living a good life, whatever. Um, so I've, I've, I feel like I've always had this sort of like, you know, I put my head down and I hit and I, and I have a good, I, I have a good time doing what I do. I'll, my man, you gotta go yeah. play pro tennis. What are yeah. you doing? And it's just like, but it's one of those things again. It's like you go three, four weeks on the road and you're just like, fuck this. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a tough. Some people thrive in that lifestyle, and some people like really struggle in that lifestyle. And like even traveling with Marcos, I'm four weeks out. I'm not playing. You know, I'm not home. I'm a bit of a homebody that way. And you struggle. You mentally like feel worse while doing it. So it's again, it's finding the way to stay mentally in it because level of tennis-wise, I trust my level. It's like my, I have to keep battling the the, the push and pull of like. I don't want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. I don't want to do this. But in general, yeah, but I've had a lot of people, you know, say that and put confidence in that. And I appreciate everyone because it, it, it really has, you know, sort of flipped my mind with time. Um, and again, I just kind of needed, I think, the, the maturity to, to get there. Let's move into the fourth set. This is a 10 ball scramble. I say it, you say what comes in your mind, okay. you go fast. Okay. The PTPA. Oh, fuck that. Pickle <laughs> ball. No, 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 PTPA. Wait, let's, wait, where's the PTPA? Oh, sorry, no, sorry, no, no, let's do that no, again. I, like, I thought it was like show. a pickleball thing. No, no, no. Are, are, no, no. Are, are, do you know anything about that? I, know, I know very little. Uh, I hope it works out, to be honest. 
Uh, it's one of those things like, why, how is it that we don't have a... Better prize money. Better prize money. How is it that we don't have a, a player union? Like, I don't understand well, that's it. the thought there, right? Yeah, I know, yeah. but how, I don't understand how we don't have it yet. So I, I really like the PTPA. I've, I've had conversations with, with some of the, the executives and stuff, like just random stuff. They were just like, hey, like, what, what do you think? What do you think about this or that? And I was like, yeah, this is, uh, you know, all this stuff like hopefully helps, you know, bring the prize money up. And, and again, I, I'm not a guy that thinks like prize money in the 500s is ever going to be good, but like if in the 250s can be better. TUEs, therapeutic use exemptions. Bullshit. I mean, you know, there's a ton of people using Adderall right now to play, and that's like not just playing, but winning tournaments. Winning turn, like there's a quick, like a a very big correlation from like the moment you start using Adderall to like winning more. It's 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 bananas. I don't want to throw anyone solution? under the bus, but we're not going to say names. Solution? Uh, I, I just don't think it should be allowed. Adderall is a performance enhancing drug. I think it's a performance enhancer. He's mentally like you can just be sharp the entire time. We're hearing that it's becoming a big problem, that it's, that it's becoming a big yeah. problem. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, it's a pro I think it's a problem. I don't, I don't know how many, I know some guys that are using, I only know American players that are using, uh, but I don't know like around the world, like who, who, who's doing, who's not, but if, if more people are hearing about it, I'm sure it's a problem. Uh, your favorite player growing up? Uh, Feather. Your favorite player now? Is there anyone out there you'd love to watch play tennis? Carlos. I just, I just, I like flashy guys. I like guys that do it and do it with style. On the women's side? Um, Iga. I like, really like Iga. I think Iga is just fun to watch. Um, would it be fair to say she's the best mover? Oh yeah, that's, that's why she's, you know, the best player in the world. I think she's the best player in the world because she can move better than most girls. Is it fair to say that the best movers are the best players? Best movers are the best players, fact. Period. It's fact. I mean, fact. It, it, a lot of people have asked me, like, would, you, would I beat Naomi? I was like, yes, I would beat Naomi, but not because of pace, but because of movement. Because I, I can make her move more than, than you know, a, a, a female player would. I think I can keep her on the move more often. Obviously the serve and all that stuff, but in terms of pace, they hit the ball as big as guys. It's just, it's the movement that's the difference between men and women. Uh, let's, let's see that racket. What are you playing with? Talk to it, tell us about this stick. Uh, Yonix, 2023 Yonix uh, V-Core 95. Uh, this one is painted red because it was a pre-production you know, pre kind of they were sending to players uh, before the, the final paint job came out. And I So you I got a, a red racket, no markings on it. Mm -hmm. Uh, size of the grip? Size grip, four three eights. Uh, what, what kind of, do you have, is there a leather grip under there? No, cushion. No leather grip, just cushion uh, and Yonex grip, because it's the best You're one. You're a Yonex player. I'm a Yonex guy. Y I was with you Yonex. Say, you, say, you say Yonex has the best over grip? Best over grip. That, that, that's the dry grab? Yeah. The super grab? Yeah, super grab. That's what you like, the yeah. white one? It, it, there's only three grips that someone can choose from. It's this, it's Wilson, or it's Tournament. That's it. Like, if you're playing with anything else, uh, you just... They're, none of them are good. And you, now you did a you did a, a your own string yeah. with Toro line. Yeah. And you, what what do you call that string? It's called the K Pro. Yeah. So the it's Caraway a, Pro. Yeah, the, the, the Karoo Pro. So we have a it's a you buy. I don't know what you call you Karoo or Caraway. Caraway. Karoo. Karoo. My dad no. calls me Karoo and never that. So, so it's fine. It's all good. I like to say uh, it the way you're supposed to. I don't like to say that's it true, the that's way fair. you're not supposed to say it. So we have. Um, uh, yeah, so if you buy like the K-Pro on their website, it, it's a, it's a multi-poly blend. So we have two different 
blend. Oh, come on, don't give me one square and one is hexagon. Yeah, one is square. So the mains, you, you're supposed to do it. The mains are square. So you have wasabi in the mains square and then caviar in the crosses. That's a hexagon or a six-sided. Toro line. Toro line, All yeah. Right. And, so, and how do you, what tension do you string it at? 58, 58, 60, depending. I, I string tight. Where'd you string it? What'd you string it in uh, the Morelia, in the, in, the, in the big? 65. You had to punch yeah, it all I the way up? Yeah, I punched it all the way just up. Just it was bad. Keep the ball in the court. Couldn't keep a ball in the court. Even at 65, I couldn't keep a ball in the court. Could not keep a ball no, in the court. No, no, it was just like it's for just the mind. It's too crazy. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But it's a great string. The, 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 the square side makes it a lot like, a lot of spin. It's soft, it's comfortable. I love it. Player box etiquette. Uh, I mean, do whatever you want, to be honest. I, I, you know, oh, come on, talk, bro. Don't, that... don't talk to the other player. Like, you know, don't shout from the other side. Don't... What about standing up every single point? The play... I, if, it's, if, if it's getting your player going, it's getting your player going fine. I don't, I don't like when it's like, you know, maybe like, you know, like, you know, curious forces them to like, get up and screaming at them. But like, if, you know, if that helps, it helps. Big entourage or lean and mean? Lean and mean. You know what I mean? Like, to, to, to people are traveling with way too many people right now. Like, let's just cut it down a little bit. What can you tell me about this kid Fonseca everyone's talking about? I don't know him at all. I've seen him hit some, I've seen him play, and I was, he, he looks like the real deal. But we never know. We've had pl plenty of those in Brazil. A lot of them didn't pan out, so we'll just take our time. I was just talking to a guy that, uh, that, that, it's, that, that the life is too cushy in Brazil, that these kids need to get out of Brazil to succeed in pro tennis. Is that true? That could be it. I, I know we make a lot of juniors, and they don't translate into pros a lot. I think a lot of it is that they're not very good at hardcore tennis. I think Fonseca is good, but um, a lot of times that's what it is, and that can be a problem. I don't, I, I, I don't make any predictions. I've seen him hit. I'm like, he has, he's good. but. We'll see. How often you go to Fogo to show? <laughs> uh, not as often as I should. I'm turning 30 in less than a month now, or less than a month, in two weeks, and uh, Fogo is going to be where I go, so uh, probably once a year. Let's go to the fifth and final set. This is the king of the court. If you were the king of tennis, you can make a change in the sport with just one swing of the racket without any aggravation. What would it be? Uh, shorter season. I would just cut basically uh, US Open, would have US Open try to figure out that I know the Asian swing is an important swing for, for tennis, for fans. There's a lot of there's a lot of fans out there. So we have to keep that that part of the season. But I'd make a shorter season basically by September mid-September would be done with tennis and then just have two, three months of like you can have like the UTS or like the, the, the club stuff or like just like stuff that players can play but have some fun and make some money, but it wouldn't be events because we're finishing now in mid-November and then there's the, you have to basically start training for Australian Open and I think no one cares about tennis anymore at this point. You have to be such a hard hard fan to care about it and I, I'll, I'll just make the season, you know, January through September basically. Good luck with that, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, listen, um, as I told you before we met, I, 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 I keep my head out of a lot of the instructional online stuff because it bogs me down. I feel like there's so much of it. I didn't know what a great product is. When, you, when I heard that you were playing pro tennis again, it, it sparked my interest. Uh, a few others had mentioned you to me. This has been tremendous. Thank you very much. Um, when do we see you next? 
Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go play in a week and a half. I'm going to Columbus to play, and that that the season will be over, and I'll be just doing a lot of stuff on the channel. So my tennis HQ on YouTube. My tennis HQ. My tennis HQ on YouTube, on on Instagram, on all social media. It's all that. I'm I'm also personally on on Instagram, but. Most of the stuff, it's on YouTube. Uh, I'm a YouTube guy, I love longer formats. So we're, in December, I wanna have a lot of matchups, get some players in, on the channel and, 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 and battle it out and, and, and have some fun. So you can always find me on my Tennis HQ. That's, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm, as people say on the tournaments, are you Karoo from my Tennis HQ? That's me, my Tennis HQ. Hey man, this was a pleasure. Uh, muito obrigado and thank you very much. This was tremendous. Have a terrific holiday season. Good luck in everything you're doing. Uh, Caraway, 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 Caraway. Yeah. Got to roll. Got to roll. Caraway. I can't roll like that. The Japanese can say it very well. Caraway. Caraway. Sell. You are released. Muito obrigado a Caraway Sell. And thank you to Diodora. Use my code APPROVED in all caps at hollywoodsports.com for 15% off of all Diodora Performance Tennis Shoes. Max Loeb edited the show. Our music is by Brian Senti. We'll be back next time with more of the most interesting voices in the sport. Until then, I'm Craig Shapiro and you are released.